the middle of the NBA Finals. Round Ball Roundup on utahjazz.com. I'm JP Chunga. In just a moment, I'll be joined by Joy Taylor, The Herd with Colin Cowherd, loud voice on Heat Twitter. She was banging the pots and pans after the Eastern Conference Finals. We're going to discuss the series, and this was recorded before Game 4, so a little more hopeful and optimistic than I believe she'd be today, but a fun conversation about her career, about what she got into, and where she's going. Light on the jazz news as the entire basketball world is still in Orlando looking at what LeBron and AD are doing with the Lakers. The reason, though, that I wanted to talk to Joy is that the story of the NBA in the 2010s can't be told without talking about LeBron and the Heat. Miami's been to five finals from 2010 to 2020. I know we get off our jokes about Heat culture and how it's a little hokey, and of course every team wants to get a good culture, but there's a reason why they get their players to elevate their game, and they get these types of performances from Tyler Hero. You saw the tweet from Rudy this week. Jimmy Butler. The story on Jimmy has changed and changed. Bad teammate, can't work with him, and then now he's in the finals. And the way that the Heat are selling, and they've sold Butler on Miami, is that they're going to add another star with him. And they have the godfather, Pat Riley. You know Pat's going to lay the rings on the table and try to get that last whale for that team to go into the 2020s. I admire what they do in Miami, and I see a lot of what they do very replicable with the Jazz. Bubble finals have been fun. What the NBA accomplished in planning, outstanding. Really wild how they were able to get this all done in the window that they did. Listen to Ingles Insight. There's only two people that in this whole world that I think would do that to Joe and make him nervous. One, Steve Nash, and two, Dr. Phil. I used to love yeah. Dr. Phil. <laughs> yeah, explain, please. When I played in Europe, I used to watch, honestly, I used to watch Dr. Phil on YouTube all the time. <laughs> and I used to watch Man vs. Wild with uh, uh, Bear Grylls. Bear Grylls. I honestly feel like. Um, part of the reason Joe married me is because my dad looks like Dr. Her Phil. dad looks I'm like not even Phil. joking. It's one of the first things you said to me. I just think he's a man. Find it wherever podcasts are played. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. So, Joy Taylor. From the mean streets of Pittsburgh, PA. She started her career in Miami during the big three, Bosch, Wade, and LeBron. We went down memory lane of all the insanity surrounding that team and talked about the Heat's feelings towards LBJ. Make sure to catch Joy on the herd with Colin Cowherd, FS1, and also her own podcast, Maybe I'm Crazy. Find it wherever podcasts are found. All right, let's get to Joy Taylor, starting off about what the stress is like during the finals. Thank you for having me, uh, first of all. And um, I, don't, I don't know if you know this, but I actually picked uh, Utah to win. Um, and, you know, I was, I was really looking forward to being right about that. But I, I think you guys have a great team moving forward. I feel good about all of that. Um, but 
yeah, it's super stressful. <laughs> and it's like, but it's a good stress. Like it's a stress I haven't experienced in a while and I missed it. So yes, it's, it's definitely stressful. It's looking like we may be getting BAM back, which is exciting news. Guan is doing everything possible to try and get back. Although I don't have as much confidence that that will happen, but yeah, it's, it's been, it's been fun. I'm not very active on Twitter during the games. Cause it's just like, I'm, I can't handle it, <laughs> but you know, when everything's done, uh, then, then I like to get on there and talk trash, but it's been fun. Look, after the Eastern Conference Finals, it was a resurgence of Queen Petty where you're just going off on this heat culture and everybody's hearing about Riley and Jimmy Butler. It, it came from all angles after the heat secured that final spot. Yeah, it's, it's been nice, though, because that really is the story, I think, of the Miami Heat organization. And now the way that things have gone with this particular Miami Heat group, it's pretty obvious that that's what's been going on in Miami. And I don't think that the organization really gets enough credit for what they've done and what they do and how they've been able to bounce back after losing LeBron James. So I love it. Like I, I'm a Pat Riley zealot through and through. I just, I love him and I, I love how the heat do business. And I mean, if you don't spend a lot of time around the organization or Miami sports in general, I could see how from the outside looking in, it would seem a bit silly to say that, but you know, I've been a, around a lot of sports teams and um, sports figures throughout my career. And I will say that the Heat really do, you know, people always say like, oh, they, they do this first class and they're family and they're loyal. And like, they throw these terms around when you have a good experience somewhere. But I really feel like, and because I've seen it, the Heat really do things first class. Like they're, they're not, for as cutthroat as, you know, Pat Riley can sometimes seem, they really do care about family there. They really are a very loyal organization, which for professional sports isn't really a thing. And they, they really take care of their people. And it's, it, it, it's, it's a culture thing. Like it, it really, like, and I know you're joking about like a key culture, but it is. It, like it's, it really is a good culture there, top to bottom. People that work there, people that work in the, um, you know, the media side there. Like they just have a real respect for, the business and for everyone that, you know, works to make the whole thing go, you know, every, every cog in the system, if you will. So I'm, I'm really proud of, of them being able to get back to the finals, obviously, but, you know, I'm glad Spo is getting his shine. He deserves it. And that the whole organization is really getting like the respect that they deserve because, you know, it's Miami and like Miami has a reputation, uh, which is well-earned. Um, but, but the heat really are kind of a standout situation from, from that overall reputation of the city that, that they're really a first class organization that is really like about hard work. I want to get into more about the series in just a moment, but first a little bit about you learning and introducing you to our audience here at utahjazz.com. Where did it start? What was the moment that you, you saw sports and you realized, wow, I've got to be a part of this for the rest of my life. Well, I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I was born and raised there. And um, Pittsburgh is a football town through and through. Friday Night Lights, 
um, all the way on up to the Steelers. Uh, loved Pitt football. And I, I was actually a, a Marino fan growing up because he was a Pitt guy. And uh, you're kind of like a Pitt or Penn State person in Pittsburgh. You got to choose. Um, and I was always a Pitt person. I loved Dan Marino. But, I mean, I've just been around sports my entire life. Um, and I played sports growing up. So I played basketball, soccer, volleyball, and track growing up. I went to school my freshman year of college on a track scholarship and was recruited for track and soccer. So I've just always been around sports, played sports, been a competitive person, but also like love the Steelers growing up, watch the Dolphins obviously growing up and, you know, being in the proximity of my brother's career, you know, you know, watch a lot of football. But I think from a, you know, a woman's perspective, it's, um, it's never been weird to me to be a hardcore sports fan because my grandmother and my aunts were crazy Pittsburgh sports fans. Like they just watched every game that was on um, and were pissed when the Steelers lost and complaining when the Pirates lost. And like that's just, that was just normal life to me. So it's never been um, like a thing to be uh, a sports fan. And I went to school for broadcasting, for broadcast journalism. Uh, I ended up transferring to Barry University in Miami, which is where I graduated from, and that's where I started my career. And I started interning at WQAM, which is a sports radio station, 560 WQAM, in Miami in 2007. It was a long time ago. <laughs> um, 2007, and so that's kind of like when I started my career. Um, did a couple internships for Beasley Broadcasting, um, 560, and then Power 96, and ended up getting my first job in Miami a few years later as a part-time producer uh, for 560 WQAM. So that's kind of where, that's where I started my career, how I got into it. I worked for the radio station at Barry University too. I've always loved radio um, because I, I'm a Howard Stern, Stern fan, but I also think radio has this really unique, and podcasting now obviously, has this really unique um, connection with the listener that you can bring somebody into a space they're not in and they can't see and they feel like they're a part of what's happening and that it, it I mean we call it in the biz we call it theater of the mind <laughs> um but I've always felt like that's a very powerful thing to do and I think also you know radio gives you the flexibility that that tv didn't give when I first got into the business which obviously has expanded tremendously now to really be a personality and really talk and connect with listeners and establish a, a loyalty in the opinion space, um, which I, I, I've always loved. So I, I've always loved sports. I've always been kind of a on the cam, like on camera person. Um, you know, I was just like a little diva growing up, and then like a tomboy. <laughs> so I've gone through all the the phases to get to I, you know television, but it's. Um, it's great. It's, it's the best job in the world to me. I mean, I watch sports and talk about it every day. It's really fun. It's, um, it's entertainment business at the end of the day, but yeah, it's, it's always been, um, sports have always been just a part of who I am. I had a little bit of a similar situation for me. I went to Syracuse for broadcasting. And then when you go there, you see the differences between radio and TV. In radio, I have more than two and a half minutes to get across a point or anything, you know? TV, at least when you're brought up in broadcast journalism, in out, you're done. We gotta get to the weather in two minutes. And 
and this afforded more space to talk about things and and I started as well in in radio here in, in Salt Lake locally. Was there a moment where it clicked for you for media that, okay, this is where my career is going to go? Yeah, I actually changed my major a couple times. I When I first went to school and I was running track, I wanted to study, well, I did study um, psychology. I wanted to work in an asylum. So I saw Gothica with Halle Berry <laughs> and was like, I, for some reason, thought that was a good idea. Um, I don't know. But I was interested in psychology, so... Um, I, I took one year and then I finished my second semester. Um, I talked to one of my professors and was like, Hey, just like out of curiosity, how long will I have to be in school before I can, you know, reach this goal that I think I have of, you know, being a doctor and like either working in a hospital or having my own practice. And he was like, Oh yeah, like at least like 12 years. I was like, okay, no, thank you. Um, I'm good on that. So I changed my major um, to broadcasting. And then I temporarily changed it from uh, to business uh, for a semester. And then I remembered I'm terrible at math and that's not my path. So, you know, I had a normal uh, college student change of heart uh, throughout my, my college career. But when I got to Barry, I really locked in. I wasn't never really like a, I like learning, but school, you know, with everyone after a while, it's just a drag. You're learning the same things over and over again. It wasn't really until I got to Barry and I started taking actual broadcasting classes and like learning about media and being able to learn how to like edit and shoot and, you know, study media writing and media law and things like that, that I really got engaged in and, you know, what I wanted to do for a living. So I think it really clicked when I got got to Barry because then I was finally done with all the you know the classes that you just took in high school, and now just at a more extreme level and very expensive. Um, so I could actually learn what I wanted to learn. And I Barry is a great school, and it's, it's it's pretty small in comparison to somewhere like you know Syracuse. And um, I really got to work with my professors who were. Uh, who, professionals in the market which is huge too so I had a great experience there and it, it really once I started to get in kind of the flow of like okay this is how it all works and this is how the business works I realized I could I could do it and internships helped me tremendously interning in the business I, I can't emphasize enough how important it is to intern it's internships are a little bit different now um, they're a little more structured and most of them pay and <laughs> things like that. But I really think internships are super important. You Relationships are very important to getting into this business. And internships, I mean, the reason I got my first job is because I interned there. So they knew what kind of worker I was. They knew, you know, what I wanted to do. And, you know, I already had relationships with most of the people that were in the building. So internships really helped me. And it, and it taught me how to do the job which to me, I always think starts with producing. You know, everything that we do has multiple, at the level I'm at now, has multiple producers. Everything I've ever done, you're, you either are a producer or you're working with a producer. So I think if you really know how to produce a good show, you'll do a good show. So that's how I started was producing. And I, I have a lot of, um, I have a lot of dedication to like the process of putting together a show because of that. What was Miami radio like during the Heatles? <laughs> I mean, it was the greatest. It was the best. It was chaos, though, because 
So I remember where I was when LeBron said he was coming. I was at a Benihana in like <laughs> North, North Bay Village, I think. And I'm sitting at the bar with my friend who isn't a sports fan. And we're watching the decision on the, on the, the screen at the bar. And I asked the bartender if he can turn it up, you know. So I'm sitting there watching it. And LeBron says, you know, I'm taking my town to South Beach, which, by the way, they don't play in South Beach. They play in downtown Miami, but it's neither here nor there. South Beach is sexier to say. So um, I hear him say it, and I'm, like, screaming, running around the restaurant. I'm like, you're, all of your lives have changed. Like, anyone in here that lives here, your life is different now, just so you know. And it was. Like, it was just – there's nothing – no experience I've had since in the business that can describe the mayhem of the big three in Miami. It was just because it was the, it was the, it was the thing, right? It started the super teams and it's LeBron James casting aside lowly Cleveland's on national television, the ultimate breakup. And then the whole world uh, turned on. Hated that team. Hated that hated team. That team. And I, I just talked to Chris Bosch on my podcast last week about it because I, 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 I remember watching when they did the fan day and LeBron and Bosch and Wade are talking about one, not two, not three. And I remember watching it like, what are you doing? Like you've never played one, you have not dribbled a basketball on the floor together in an actual game and you're promising seven I stopped listening after six so I, I can't remember how many you promised like seven and just like the expectations of that are absurd why would you do that and I understand they got caught up in the hype of the moment and it was fun and there's fans and there's fireworks and you know Eric Reed's interviewing you and there's you know everything's happening right and I asked Chris Bosch I was like did you realize what you guys were doing like in that moment. And he was like, no, at the moment we're just talking. Like we're just having a great time, excited. And then two days later, like kind of after all the dust had settled, we realized like, oh, okay. Like everyone's really mad at us. And they were, the whole world hated the Miami Heat. And then it spewed over from just hating the Miami Heat and hating LeBron to like hating the city of Miami, which is, which is what was so funny to me. I'm like, no one hates Miami. Like Unless you literally come to Miami and have a terrible experience, Miami is not a place that's like, oh, what a terrible place. Like, beautiful women in bikinis, uh, margaritas all day, aqua water, beautiful beaches, sunshine. Awful place. Like, nobody wants that. And so it was so inauthentic hate, too. Because, like, I can understand, like, there's certain places in the country none of us like going to, okay? Like, Cleveland. Uh, just joking, not joking, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is, it's yes. Miami. Like, it's like, not like, Cleveland. It's not it's, San Antonio. It just looks like it makes sense, okay? Everyone likes going to Miami, okay? At, at, the, at the end of the day, you can have a good time in Miami no matter what you want to do. Um, so yeah, so it was, it was just crazy. It was just constant hate from every media member in the world. And it just, but everyone just embraced it. Like, we just totally all leaned into it. I love being the villain. I don't mind it at all i think i think every good story starts with a great villain you have to have some challenge or animosity in order to appreciate the good guy and so i i loved it i didn't mind it at all but it was just real it was i can't even describe it it was really like an intense crazy time to be in the business and then to be a heat fan and then be in miami during all that was wild it was at its highest point when I was in college 
and I'm just watching and reading the heat index on ESPN.com. You're trying to get every single bit of information on, oh my gosh, Dexter Pittman's going to be starting for the heat tonight? What? <laughs> the, the entire uh, landscape is being changed by results of games. The Warriors were a shouting distance away from that. It, it, it's not even close to the way that the entire world was obsessed with that Miami Heat team. And I'm, I'm sure just growing up, at least your professional life in that, it made you the, the person that you are today. Oh, totally. Absolutely. I was just talking to Colin about this today, just what, what difference it is when you come up in sports radio. Um, I think your tolerance for trolls and like pushback is maybe a little higher. You're a little more callous. Um, but yeah, it's the, there's the Warriors don't even come close. I mean, not, not even remotely close because it's LeBron James. Yeah. You know, so there's just no comparison to the coverage and intensity and eyeballs and need for information and gossip and everything that, that LeBron garners. So, and criticism for that matter. So yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing like it. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, it really prepared me for any kind of an intense situation, which look like there's nothing compared, there's nothing you could have prepared us at all, period, for what we're all going through right now. But, you know, from a, from a troll standpoint or from a, you know, just having everyone watching what you're, what you're doing, yeah, I mean, it was wild. There's no way to describe it. It's just crazy. What is the Miami Heat perspective six years removed from decision to the letter? I think everyone's over it now. Um, I was, I had, obviously I was upset. Like LeBron's leaving. I'm not gonna be able to talk trash about how we're gonna win every single year now. Um, and I didn't know what was gonna happen with the organization. Like there's a lot of domino effects, you know, obviously to LeBron leaving. Now we still have Pat Riley, obviously. Um, and at that time still had Bosch and Wade. But people were very upset. I mean, obviously people in Miami were very upset, but for the most part, it wasn't, it wasn't the upset level that, that Cleveland was from the decision. One, because, I mean, come on, <laughs> we still live in Miami. Uh, we still got Wade, Bosch, and Pat Riley. Uh, we just went to four straight finals and won two championships. And, yeah, like, we're we going to be all right. But, you know, it would have been nice if LeBron stayed. And for that matter, if we just had some sort of knowledge about what he was going to do, which is, you know, obviously why Cleveland was upset when, you know, when he left. But the thing that bothered me about it was – he went back to Cleveland. I think I would, have I would have not been as upset if he had gone, say, to the Lakers or gone somewhere else. But to me, and I'm just a queen patty, obviously, I, could not, I couldn't imagine bringing myself to go back to not only an organization and an owner that treated me that way when I left, but a fan base that went that far when they're supposed to be home team. So I didn't understand it. I still, to this day, do not understand it. I think it's a great story that, you know, he won the championship there. And, I mean, he proved everyone wrong. He went there and won a championship. So, like, good for Cleveland. But uh, at the end of the day, I just I, I will never understand going back to that, home team or not. Like, if I left Pittsburgh for any reason and everyone in Pittsburgh talked trash about me, I would not forget them. <laughs> like, I'll tell you that right now. I would be upset forever. But, you know, it's that's, that's LeBron. So now that he's with the Lakers, 
even though he's playing the Heat, I don't, I, I don't think there's as much animosity. Because I understand the Lakers move 1,000%. Like, that, for LeBron, makes perfect sense. Go to Los Angeles. You're already a movie star. <laughs> you know, you already have a home here. Your kids are going to Sierra Canyon. Like, this, this, for this stage of his career, makes sense to me. And I just don't have the same animosity level that I did when he, when he first left. Um, cause he's not in Cleveland anymore. So I'm, I'm, I'm over it. I think most heat fans are over it. It would obviously be wonderful for the heat to beat the Lakers with LeBron James. But I think for the most part, everyone's a little realistic about how this series is going to go. Um, but there's not as much animosity as like, if this was, I mean, obviously we wouldn't play the Cavs in the finals, but like, there's not that kind of animosity. Like if that was possible. Talked about this with, uh, George Sedano. Uh, when he was on the podcast. Heat fan in LA. How, how's the vibe uh, for you right now as they're going against the biggest team in the city and you're a prominent Heat fan? Um, well, it's not too bad because, you know, we can't really walk the streets with people. So I've been able to avoid most of the in-person uh, slander. But uh, Lakers fans, Lakers fans are, you know, they're talking a little bit of trash. They're, they're king of the hill right now. So I feel them H- having been there before. Uh, I know how it feels. So I'm not mad about it. Um, I'm more getting into it with people who aren't heat fans. I'm like, who were, well, you're not in the finals. Like, who are you talking to? <laughs> what are you talking about? You're at home with your team. <laughs> we keep, leave this to us. Like this is between us and Lakers fans. This is not for you. You're not in the finals. You're at home. Um, so it's not really been that bad. Plus I have a lot of respect for the Lakers organization. I mean, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of like a history nerd when it comes to that. Like there's certain organizations that I really want to be good. And it's also because, you know, this is our business. So if you're the Lakers, if you're the Celtics, if you're the New York Giants, um, the Green Bay Packers, the Steelers, the Dallas Cowboys, like those are teams I want to be competitive because it's good for the whole business. Like, obviously, smaller markets get into, like, you know, the sensitivity. But, like, it's just a fact. Like, the, the Dallas Cowboys is the biggest sports brand in the world. It's not arguable. Like, the, in the whole world, they're bigger than soccer teams. Like, they're the biggest. If they're not competitive, it's, it, it's, it's not good for the whole business. You know, so I, I like that the Lakers are back and they're not dysfunctional like they were last year, which was just – I mean, great for news stories, but man, what a disaster <laughs> that was. So I'm glad the Lakers are back. Um, and I think it's good. I think it's good for the whole legacy conversation for LeBron James that he's in the finals. And especially since I thought the Clippers would be there. It's really, it's really a story. Thoughts on hero face out of game three. <laughs> uh, I mean, Tyler, look, you know, all of us have people in our lives that we know are just, they're just going to do certain things that we wouldn't do. You know what I'm saying? But like, we know them, so you can't get mad at them. Because it's like, you know what? I wouldn't do that. But I respect it because you're consistent in doing things I wouldn't do. (laughs) Which is Tyler Hero. Like, he's a personality, for sure. He is unapologetic. He's not afraid to be a villain. And he is being brought up and mentored by Jimmy Butler, who is all of those things and has overcome a lot, not only in his life, but in his basketball career, and has finally found a home with the Heat, who we just discussed, don't have a problem being the villains. So this is a perfect space for him. I think he's gonna be a star. Um, He's obviously has the talent. 
if they continue to put pieces around him, which they will, he's going to thrive in this league. And I, I think it's okay because he's, he's as long as you're built for the criticism that's going to come from that kind of bravado and attitude, then I'm here for it. I'm, I'm all for personalities. Baker Mayfield, Tyler Hero, like go be, go be you. I'm cool with it. I, I mean, that's not really a snarl moment to me. Like if it's Jimmy Butler, <laughs> you can snarl. But it was funny. I loved it. Um, I, I think he's great. I think he's he's got a great, great future ahead of him. And I love the young stars in this league. Uh, the, I mean, the bubble has just been amazing for all of them. So I'm here for it. I, I like it. I be a, be a cocky uh, be a cocky Heat player. Um, you got UD behind you, Jimmy Butler. <laughs> Nobody's um, messing with UD. No one, no one wants that smoke. So uh, I'm, I'm here for it. I think I thought it was funny. Like I don't, I know it's gonna bother people, which is also why it's kind of funny to me. But that's what he is. Like that's that's what got him to where he is. Is his unwavering confidence. It's why he's had the success that he's had in the bubble because his team has backed him up and said, "Go be that confident guy." And with that confidence, every once in a while comes a snarl. And guess what? The Lakers lost. So you can be mad about it if you want to, but he did it while you were losing. If he did that while they were winning, I'd be like, all right, calm down. But you took the L, so you had stuff to say when you were winning. That's how it goes. If the Jazz aren't involved, I'm just looking for memes, and that was a beautiful meme to have out of game three of the finals. Oh, great meme. The Woj bomb before game four, we were recording this before game four of the finals, uh, Bam going to be back. Where do you think this puts the series in the balance as we head into four? Well, I know Bam is rushing to get back. So, yeah. you know, I don't – they're not going to let him play if he's not able to play, but is he going to be 100%? I don't know. Obviously, I want Bam out there. Like, he's one of the top scorers on the team and, and has been massive for them in the postseason. Is a great player. I, I, it helps, obviously. I just hope that he's healthy enough to contribute. I know he wants to be out there. Um, I don't know. I, I think this is, this is a very critical game in the series because I think it, the Lakers are going to come out really aggressive. And if Bam's playing, they're definitely going to go at him. So uh, Jimmy Butler is going to have to be as aggressive as he was last game, which he was just comp- unbelievable all-time finals performance in the last game. And what I really want to see the Heat do is offensively move the ball around more. I understand Lakers defense is, is not that simple, but they need to get Duncan and Hero involved offensively because they're not that reliable defensively and they have to be on the floor. So uh, that's, that's really what I want to see from them tonight. And Bam obviously opens a lot of things up. So I'm really glad he's back. I hope he's as close to, uh, you know, 100% as he can be. But, you know, it's, it's good for morale to have Bam out there, too. Like, just, like, we're not done, and we have more to contribute to this series. So I'm, I'm happy that he's back. Is it hopeful or confident if you're a Heat fan? I'm going to go with hopeful. I'm going to go with okay. hopeful. Now, if we win game four, that's going to be a different situation. <laughs> I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass over into the uh, delirium. But, yeah, for, for now, I'm hopeful. But the reality is they should have won game three. Like, if this was real life, the Lakers would have traveled to Miami for game three. The Heat are supposed to win those two games, right? Like, that's, that's how series are supposed to go. And then 
ideally you'd want a game seven and the best team wins. So that's, that's really how it should have gone anyway. Now, obviously we're in the bubble, so there's no home team away team reality, but you know, the rhythm kind of is still the same. So tonight will be a, a very good test of how the rest of the series is going to go. Well, it'll be fun to watch and uh, we will be tuning into the herd for your reaction as Joy Taylor has joined us here on Round Ball Roundup on utahjazz.com. Joy, I really appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of the finals. Thank you so much for having me, and hi, everyone in Utah. I like it there a lot. It's very beautiful.